sometimes as an artist, it's just as much about what you want to say, but also what you want to give the world. And you know, you can't be selfish with your art. There was a year and a half, two years of time where I was thinking, all right, at 21, I'm going to be washed up. This is iHeartRadio's Label Defiers with Zico Coconut Water, where we rip off labels to reveal the sides of your favorite artists and celebrities you didn't know. We get to know the real them. Label Defiers was created with our friends at Zico Coconut Water, who encourage you to read the label to see what's inside. Zico, what's inside is everything. The podcast is officially on. How you doing? You good? All right, good. Welcome. Welcome to iHeartRadio, and thanks to Zico, this is Label Defiers. Label Defiers, well, it, it's all in the name. You know what? We sometimes put labels on people and things, and they aren't always accurate. This is an opportunity for us to go beyond the labels and ask people, hey, what label could be on you? And let's make it evaporate if you want, or let's strengthen it if you want. We've had some incredible guests. We've had Camille Cabello. We've had Charlie Puth, Miley Cyrus, Demi Lovato. And today we're ending it with our only audience podcast, and we're glad you're here. So we can have a discussion with one of our best friends in the music industry and in movies as well, Nick Jonas. Come on out, Nick. Hello, Nick. Thank you very much for coming out. Thanks Hello, for everyone. Being had. How are you? That good, huh? <laughs> so as I was explaining to Nick earlier, this is what you wear when you get dressed in the dark. You look great. I know, but it's, it's a know, good look. Wearing shoes with no socks, I kind of do that a lot because I just don't have a foot problem. No socks at all. Mm -mm. But I have band-aids because... All right, well, thanks for coming. <laughs> Thank you, Zico. I'm so happy you're here for many reasons. You have so much to talk about, and even though we have a little bit of time, I, I want to cover as much as we can. We could talk movies, we could talk family, we could talk music. We could talk everything. We can talk about diabetes. Diabetes. Yep. We can talk about everything. Let's start with music. I know you have a yeah. body of work on the way, yes. and that's as much as we're going to talk about that. <laughs> what happens is basically, you know, you make the record, you have to create a process, and then management team and iHeartRadio and others get involved to help you set it up properly. So it's not that I don't want to talk about, but I think I want to save some of the rollout for the plan that we have. But I will talk about the creative process for this and how it's been just completely different to previous work that I've done. The key for me was I, I did a, a film last year and rolled right into season three of Kingdom, a TV show that I've been doing the last couple of years. And I realized, you know, between tour, two film projects, I really didn't have much time to just live life. And I think it's really important as an artist to go and live and see the world and, and travel and be around great people, eat too much at times, drink too much many times, and then get inspired to write. And that's kind of what I did. Well, you look at your last album, the messaging in there to me was relationship, love found, love lost. Yeah. So there's a label sort of right there but yeah. now with the new body of work is it about what you just said about traveling about living your life and is it been a good life what are we going to hear as far as your music reflection yeah you know this body of work and, and I'll start with just the single which is going to be out next month which I'm very excited about it does touch on relationships and love at times but it's also about so much more to me I think it's about capturing the optimistic mind frame that I'm in at this point in my life and some of the joy that I've experienced both with friends and, and also in relationships but really just being young and free and seeing the world and enjoying life which is a very different tone to the last stuff which was specifically about one chapter of my life and when we talk about defying labels you know I think the key is to acknowledge 
you know, where you've been and also have an eye towards where you're going at the beginning stages of the creative process. And it was a through line through everything. And it wasn't until one night I was actually out at this magazine launch in L.A. And it was a party and it was a bunch of people I didn't really know very well. I'd just come from this great trip with a bunch of friends. And I was just discouraged, you know. And so I went in the car, turned on country radio and listened to some of my favorite country music, which I think has the best storytelling and some of the best melodies and Regardless of what your taste is in music, I think you can appreciate the, the storytelling and that aspect of it. And so that's another area where there's no genres anymore. There's no reason to have to specify what you're into, your taste in music. And so I drew a lot of inspiration from that. And it kind of started me on the journey to writing the new stuff. But it took a low point of being discouraged to see some hope in something else. And go, all right, I'm good now. I'm ready to go and make this record. You said something really interesting about how the walls are coming down as far as different genres of music. So how could someone in the hip-hop world actually learn something from the country world on top of what you were just saying in the storytelling? And what is it about country music that kind of makes them the most obvious when it comes to being able to tell a really great story? It may be hard to see right away, but there are a lot of similarities between hip-hop and some of the greatest storytellers in hip-hop. I love Common, I love Eminem, obviously, and Jay course, Kanye, tell amazing stories in the music. And Chance has done an amazing job of really telling his life stories. And in the same way, you know, I went to Garth Brooks' show out in L.A. recently and had the time of my life and realized an hour into the show, not only was I having a great time and arm in arm with my brother singing songs we grew up listening to, I realized that his songs became a part of the fabric of my life in a way that only true artistry and great storytelling can do. Unanswered Prayers, for instance, which is, I think, one of the best songs of all time. My grandfather used to call and, and sing me that on the phone, you know, so I'm at the show and I'm just having fun and all of a sudden I get hit with this real emotion, this real impact of art and someone giving you their life stories. Uh, it's powerful. And that's the gift. And that's what I want to do for people to listen to my music, which is a shift I'm trying to make. It's about just giving and supplying not just the fans, but the world with something that they can make a part of the fabric of their life. So do breakups always make the best songs? Are breakups actually the most too obvious place to go? to write a song. It almost seems yeah, that way sometimes. I think so. I think that I'm drawn to darker chords musically and melodies that are darker. But for some reason this time, it's like really bright and really positive. And, and so you can hear that. You can hear it, yeah. Well, I mean, have you sat down by yourself with your last album and what you've completed for the new one? You can actually sonically detect the difference and you actually stop and like hyper-analyze yourself through your own your uh, shifting in music? Yeah, definitely. I was intentional with that as well, with the way I was writing it. I wanted it to be specifically about this thing. But I had a really interesting conversation with David Massey, who, you know, he's the head of the label that I'm on. Also, he's the guy that signed me when I was 11 years old. Ten years later, almost, he signed me again, and, and now we're four years into our journey together again, and it's great. But we were talking about just growth and where I wanted to go and this change I wanted to make creatively. And I, I acknowledge the fact that the last record was way more about my journey with like what I was going through. He said, you know, it's important to recognize that sometimes as an artist, it's just as much about what you want to say, but also what you want to give the world. You can't be selfish with your art. So I was like, that's a good point. By the way, this is just a, a side note, which I think is really funny. Funny is not the right word. It's, I think it's really amazing. My friend is a great sort of like genius producer guy. And for fun, he did a remix of Close, my song Close, right. but done in classic 80s fashion, Michael Bolton style. <laughs> and I want to play it for you guys. You know one's heard this. But it's amazing. So it's right off your iPhone. It's right off my iPhone, if I can find it. I had to send it to Joe three times because he was like, this is the best thing I've ever heard. So best as in train wreck or best as in no, it's, actually... No, it's like actually amazing. <laughs> An like accident I, I on the side it, of the road or... Like... Hold on, let me pull it up. Here we go. 
I gotta send it to Toglo too, actually, after this. But this goes to, you know, talking about breaking genres and everything's okay. Right. You know, Close is like an art house pop song. And now it's going to be... If you have to label it, what is it now? I would say it's classic 80s. There's a sax solo. Okay. Richard Marks. Remember him? <laughs> and they applaud. <laughs> it's my best performance of that song. Thanks to Zico, Coconut Water. Yep. I'm now going to take a Zico Coconut Water break. We created this game with Zico. It's called the What's Inside game. You answer the first thing that pops into your head. All right? Okay. All right. The last thing you Googled. So I'm myself. <laughs> what are you looking I for mean, when you Google yourself? This I'm is not, not unusual, by the way. A lot of people Google themselves. I know I have a day of interviews, right? And if there's something out there that I'm not aware of, and someone's like, did you? And I'm like, I don't know. Did I? <laughs> Google, Google, Google me. can tell me, yeah. Your favorite person to follow on social media? Angry Joe Jonas. Is that a real? It's, it's a real account. Yeah, on, so on it's Instagram? basically really close-up pictures of his face looking really mad. And they just, every day they post a bunch of these pictures. And they do stories now, too, which are even better. Because <laughs> Joe has those big, bushy, evil eyebrows. Yeah, and right now he's got this Fu Manchu mustache. And so he looks extra angry. But there's this one, my favorite, and he's so sunburned on his face. I, don't, I think he was in Coachella. Right. And he's like, he's just red. And he's so angry. It's great. If you could only do one thing for the rest of your life. One thing. One thing. Probably play golf. I love okay. golf. So beyond golfing and drinking tequila and smoking cigars and singing and acting, do you have any weird hobbies or interests? Do you have <laughs> you know, time? I'm, I'm sure me? I've got some weird interests. I don't have a hobby besides golf, and, but I'm, I'm learning more. Do you collect more. anything? Do you hoard anything? Is there something you just can't throw away? No. I'm okay with everything disappearing. Right. That's my thing. I'm You're a minimalist good. kind of thing? Yeah. I'm starting to really get into art. So I just right. went to this great talk about Monet. Mm-hmm. And still life, it's opening my mind up. I think it's uh, a good thing. And also visualizing. I'm really getting into that. Talk about that. I visualized how this would go before we sat down. I didn't visualize the shoes or that I would do performance of the 80s version of Close, but everything else is what I thought it would be. How about awareness? Are you into like, always making sure you're aware of like, what you're walking by and what's going on in your yeah. surroundings? I think I am. I've recently had two episodes on airplanes that have been really frightening. So if one of these is what's your biggest fear, it's that. Flying. Flying, yeah. Your guilty pleasure. I have no guilty pleasures. I'm fine with anything that I like being it's my authentic self. All right. What are you most proud of as of today? Recently, it was two things. As a part of Beyond Type 1, which is the foundation that I co-founded, 
we sponsored 19 bicyclists to ride across the United States. Now, living with type 1 diabetes is really tough because it's an autoimmune disease, which means that for me, for instance, the difference between type 1 type 2 is that I produce very little insulin, which is the thing that keeps your blood sugar where it's supposed to be. And so eating becomes difficult, exercising, you run the risk of dropping low, going into a really difficult situation. The fact that these 19 bicyclists did this over the course of two months was unbelievable. And all their doctors said, you can't do it. It's not possible. We believed them. We sponsored them. And I got to be with them the day before they finished in Napa Valley. We had some wine to toast them because they only had like a 20-mile ride the next day, which would kill me. But they were fine. And this mother and this daughter rode together. And just the pride in their eyes, I think, was something that made me really proud. And then the second thing was, I love my parents and my father just had a journey with colon cancer and he's cancer free now or on the tail end of it and all is good but being here with him as he went into to have his tumor removed was a really special thing and really important i had a lot of things on the schedule but i said i'm going to be here with you and walk through this with you and the family and it was i think a moment of pride for all of us to say all right all that we've been through you know with the brothers and dad being a manager at one time to be able to be there with him be a unit as a family is something i think we should be really proud of Years ago, you did have to try to, I'm assuming, break out of the boy band. I'm from a boy band, my brother's act thing, which was extremely successful. Sold a lot of music, made a lot of fans. Was that easy to crack out of, or did you find it was surprisingly tough? It was not easy, and there was a lot of doors kind of slammed in my face, both in the acting side and the music side, before things started to click. Because the tail end of the brothers really was just not working, like something wasn't right and we were also out of sync so it was just tough but then I kind of put my head down and just went to work I worked with some new collaborators I found some projects that would push me on the acting side and it started to break through but there was a year and a half two years of time where I was thinking all right at 21 I'm going to be washed up that's disappointing that's not what I thought my life was going to be and that hard work and finding the right people to team up with was the key so shaking a label like that successfully must be very gratifying and I'm sure you're just spinning as fast as you can to stay out of being labeled anything yeah I was having this conversation with someone the other day and I think it applies to everybody here in your life and we'll all experience it at some point but they described who we become as a, like a big marble slab, right? And each word of positive reinforcement or discouragement, pain, hurt, all that chips away and makes you what you're going to become till you are that person. And I said, that's a good point, but I think you can also evolve. You can also shift and you can be in control of where you're going and how you're labeled. And for me, that means not being labeled and being free to do what I want creatively and also as a person, as a man now, to make my own choices and be proud to just be unapologetic with who I am. And I think that that freedom, once you get to that place, I think it's amazing. And I hope all of you experience it in the way that I am at the moment. But you still have a long way to go. Still have a long way to go. I'm only 24. Really? 25 next month. Hold on. I thought so. Thanks to Zico Coconut Water, who believe what's inside is everything. You said you were at a party. I know it was kind of an industry party thing, but when you're just out at a party, you're invited to a party, do you ever go to just a gathering with strangers, maybe a few people you know? Yes. Is it an uncomfortable place for you to go? It depends on what kind of party it is. I prefer like a backyard hang with good company, good conversation, maybe some beer pong. Simple. Right. I'm a simple guy. I don't necessarily love to go out and do really clubby party, but I can enjoy that with the right people too. So it just depends on the environment. New people... It doesn't bother me. I like meeting new people. Okay, let's move on to TV. Of course, Kingdom. 40 episodes of Kingdom, and he played the part of Nate. Of course, it wrapped up. It's done. 
It's all done. In the world of TV, that's a very long-running series. I mean, it did very well. In hindsight, you look back at your character, Nate. Do you actually learn something from the character? Afterwards, you really, really go, wait a minute. That was kind of cool what I yes. just went through. Especially a character like Nate. For those of you that don't know, Kingdom was a show about a family of MMA fighters. So I got kind of immersed into the world of mixed martial arts and trained for a couple of years doing the show. I played a character who really struggled with his identity and grew up in this really macho environment. His dad was a fighter, his brother's a fighter. And he didn't feel like he could be authentic to himself, which is a really crazy journey to have to go on and to tell that story. You know, I just wanted to do it justice. And I know that this is something so many people can relate to. And that was the part that I think I took away if we're talking about now that it's done, how do I feel? The way the show wrapped up was that my character finally comes out to his father and is really rejected in a way. And the father's just stunned and he doesn't really know how to process it. And because there's such a, a rage and violence within these men, because they're fighters, they get physical with each other and it becomes a, an altercation. And then my character gets shot by an overzealous security guy at the club that we were at. So... <laughs> little heavy and definitely really emotional after three, four years with my castmates and growing together and that amazing ride we went on together. The important thing is to take away that we got to tell a great story. I think every character I played, even down to things like Scream Queens, which is just a really fun role overall, the show was a great experience. Um, you take something away and you grow as a person and it affords who you become. And I was honored to get to play Nate. I think it's, it's one of those roles kind of once in a lifetime. And I hope that it was helpful to some people and, and feeling like the importance of being authentic to yourself is so real and being patient with that journey as well whatever's right for you you know so now you're moving on to jumanji yes it seems like it's gonna be a lot of fun we filmed it last year hawaii which was amazing so we did three months out there and then a month in atlanta it's the rock and kevin hart and jack black and karen gillen myself i can't really say too much about my character or else sony pictures are gonna be really mad at me but i can tell you i've seen it and the movie's amazing it's very very funny and action-packed and it kind of hits every audience, so I think it's good for people that love the original. It's a new Jumanji adventure. It's now a video game console. And these four teenagers pick avatars and become the avatars in the game. They get sucked in. Instead of this time the world coming out like it did in the first one, you get sucked into the game. And it's just great. It comes out right before Christmas, so go check it out. So music and acting, is it just because, well, I had an opportunity, I did it, I fell in love with it as far as the acting goes, or is it you actually... Well, I'm just trying to chase Top and Camp Rock 1 and 2, which would be <laughs> very difficult. I mean, are you trying to defy any labels? I don't know why like... we didn't get the Academy Award for that. I mean, it was... <laughs> <laughs> Do you not want to be labeled as just a singer or just an artist? Definitely not. I mean, I, I, I want to be an entertainer. I was, I was really lucky at an early age to start here on Broadway where I got to do all three, acting, singing, dancing. Right. At some point along the journey, I kind of had to decide between acting and singing. But then Camp Rock came around. We got to do both. I think that's when I kind of rediscovered that I do want to do that as well and theater being so important to me and, and just trying to grow, find great roles. And there's been some really great opportunity as well. It feels like there's a real momentum over there on the acting side of things. So I'm just trying to ride the wave. You talking earlier about how you're a young guy, you're just living your life and loving traveling, this and that. Do you think that you have enough normalcy time in your life to actually get out there and explore what the world's all about? Because, I mean, you're working constantly. You yeah. are working a lot. I really prioritize travel and time off this year. After Kingdom, I took almost a month off, and it was just hanging out. Uh, went to Europe and met some great creative people during fashion week over there, and then just had some time in Italy which was really amazing, back to my Italian roots. Any days that I'm working, I try to, at the end of the night, work in a great meal with good people and good conversation. If I can't, then it's Game of Thrones or House of Cards, and that's good enough, too. Because you're a big foodie. 
I love food. Do you ever rattle the pans? Do you ever find yourself in the kitchen rattle chopping the and cooking? Are you actually? I don't, I don't even know the reference. I'm so bad in the kitchen. I mean, so you'd rather just put up with someone else's cooking? You know, do you? Yeah. Do you ever explore that? It's another side of you. You could have a cooking. I could. Show. I do want to learn how to cook. I could have a cooking show. Actually, that'd be fun. Actually, maybe it's just me inviting people to my house to cook, and I just talk to them the whole time. Oh, that'll work. That'll work. Do you have the itch to be a dad? Oh, yeah. Like, hey, like hanging out with, with Kevin's kids? No, that's do the you, whole thing. Do you find yourself going, okay, not now, but I could definitely see myself in this role? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I have two beautiful nieces. I'm the godfather to one of them. Now, what does that mean, the godfather? It means I wore a pinstripe suit at the christening, and I was like, hey, <laughs> listen, Valentina. Yeah, you thought. No, I, didn't. I actually did wear a pinstripe suit. <laughs> did you smoke a cigar at the christening? No, I, no, I did not. Okay. No, I didn't. I'm a good godfather. We didn't. Because that's all about look, looking way down the line. What I was going to say was that I held my nieces, and it's, it all kind of makes sense. My brother Kevin is the happiest man in the world, and he loves his wife and his beautiful girls. He uh, has an amazing marriage, and he's a great father. And I think that's, it's one of those things where he got married young, had kids fairly young in today's world. But he said to me, I think it's the best choice I ever made. I think this is an amazing thing for me. And I think it's not right now for me, but at some point in the future, I'd love to be a father. There you go. Maybe yeah. next week. <laughs> Don't scare me like that. I would. <laughs> Finally. Describe the real you. This I think it kind of. I think it kind of did. Just now, it's a new revelation. But the real me is. Would it be if you had to put it into three words. Three words. Driven. I'm very funny, obviously. <laughs> and I would like to be seen as a compassionate and generous person. But I'm not going to say it about myself because it kind of does the opposite effect. I'm very compassionate. I'm very generous. Excellent. Well, I just want to stop down and thank Zico for giving us an opportunity. Me too. That's why I love doing Label to Fires, and that's why yeah. I'm so glad that we ended this series with Zico and Label to Fires with Nick Jonas. Thank you, Thanks Nick. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to season one of Label to Fires. In case you missed any of our episodes, make sure you check out our artists like Miley Cyrus, Camila Cabello, Charlie Puth, and Demi Lovato. And find out how they found ways to be true to themselves and be unapologetically real every day. And as our friends at Zico Coconut Water remind us, who you are on the inside matters. What's inside is everything. If you like what you've heard, join the conversation on Twitter with hashtag Label to Fires. Audiation.